How certain are you? Because democracy sucks. What we do here is ugly. It is unsatisfying. You never get what you want. It's a roller coaster of emotion, and power is changing hands regularly. And what we do here is nuts, but it's beautiful. Hello, and welcome to Beltway Banthas, the Star Wars podcast live from the hive of scum and villainy in our very own galaxy, Washington, D.C. And I am formerly your host, Stephen Kent. Why do I say that? Uh, uh, Some of y'all very politely called me out uh, just this week saying, Stephen, it's been three months since the last episode. Where are you? To which I had to respond, oh yeah, I've just been putting this off. This is the end of Beltway Banthas. We've had a good five, close to six years exploring the politics of Star Wars and philosophy. I've really enjoyed just this last chapter of This Is The Way podcasts focused on sort of short bites of Star Wars philosophy inspired by How the Force Can Fix the World, my book that I put out last year. Listen, this is where I'm going to be from now on. I would like you to come find me on Substack. This is the way.substack.com. That is where I am not only sort of putting out the same kinds of observations and content that I've been putting out here for close to five years for Beltway Banthas, Star Wars, and Politics fans, but it is also where I'm going to be sort of laying the groundwork for what comes next. I'm not done with the politics of Star Wars. In fact, I really feel like this has just been an introduction to why Star Wars politics is so important, listening to Beltway Banthas and making Beltway Banthas. So I really do think that there's going to be more. I don't know what format it's going to be in yet. I don't know if it's going to be just Star Wars content going forward or if I'm going to branch out to many other franchises and sort of tie it all together to philosophy. But I am going to figure it out and figure it out soon. And when I do, I would love if you would be there so that we can continue this journey together and keep talking to one another about why Star Wars is so important in the way that we have ordered our lives and help process everything that we've seen go on in the country and in the world just in the past couple of years. So if you do want to keep things going, you want to stay in touch, come find me at thisistheway.substack.com. Now, just to close things out, I do want to say something. I want to say something that has been on my mind here this past week, and I don't know, I think it's a, a good way to sort of close things down here, which is why we all did this in the first place, why I wanted to do this podcast, why my original co-host Tierso wanted to do this podcast, why Suara wanted to do this podcast, everyone who's sort of been in through here, Brittany Hunter too, a lot of different names you'll know. And it's that we just don't have much in common together in America today. We don't seem to hold similar values or interests, things that used to sort of unite most Americans Um, We've started to geographically cluster, as you might know, in neighborhoods of like-minded people, sort ourselves into red and blue America. You know, the areas in which we used to sort of have common threads used to be things like church. It used to be, you know, religiosity, church attendance, you know, attending civic clubs, things like the Masons, the, the the Freemasons, the Rotarians, the Boy Scouts, like all that kind of stuff. Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. Those are all gone. Those are really, really relics of the past. Only a small minority of people 
engage in those things. And we don't even get our information from the same places. Not Fox, you know, CNN, MSNBC, Newsmax. Like half of us aren't even in the cable news wars to begin with. We're just getting our information from Facebook or YouTube or wherever. There's all these other areas in which we just don't have things in common. There are not widely held TV or movie events or news events anymore. Like your parents' days of, you know, everybody watched Nixon's resignation speech and the finale of that show MASH or seeing O.J. Simpson on the run in the news. That just isn't a thing anymore. Everybody is seeing things differently through different filters. Like you think about, you know, the Eric Garner police brutality event, for example, like everyone sees that video, sure, but they see it through particularly different filters where they're being told to see different things in the event itself. You know this as well with like your friends with TV watching habits. Like not everybody saw the Obi-Wan Kenobi show because some of us don't even have Disney Plus. Some people are just spending all their time on Netflix. Some people are still on cable. Like you might just be picking in your life between HBO Max and Amazon Prime. There just there are not these things that we all sort of are watching together. Not even Breaking Bad. Like Breaking Bad back in the day was, you know, that was really sort of a bourgeois city-driven phenomenon. Same for shows like Succession on HBO. Um, you know, when most of the 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 blue cities in the in the in the in the country are watching Succession, most everybody else is still watching reruns of The Middle on cable. Um, we just have a lot less in common in this country today, and that's why I'm, I'm fiercely defensive of things that we do still share, things that can still make people want to talk and to laugh when they're together, shared references. And Star Wars is one of those things. It always has been one of those things. And something I say to people all the time is think about it. Like, if you were to go out onto your street right now and place a bet with a couple of people passing by on the road – would you make a bet with a photo of Princess Leia or Thomas Jefferson on which person that they could identify? You hold them up, identify these two people. I would bet $100, $300 that a majority of people would identify Princess Leia and not Thomas Jefferson. They'd probably be like, oh, that's Benjamin Franklin or something crazy like that. Like, That's just a very basic foundational thing. And it's because Star Wars is on a different plane than even our shared literal history. It's been 40 years since Darth Vader first came onto screens, and he's still all over kids' backpacks and printed on Christmas ornaments that you get from Target. I really like this writer and sociologist named Jonathan Haidt. He writes a lot for The Atlantic. And he said something in his column last month in his piece called The New Babel, where he was describing how social media actually drove us all apart instead of bringing us together. And in there, he noted that successful democratic societies feature a couple of common things, three things, strong social bonds, so that's community, you know, civic connection, knowing your neighbors, that kind of stuff, strong institutions, uh, that can be, you know, government, that can be courts, that can be rule of law, uh, and then shared stories. So successful democracies feature shared stories. Now that can be a founding story. That can be, you know, the fight between 1776 and the 1619 project. They're both founding mythologies for the country, and they're both competing rival views of, of who and what we are. Uh, shared stories can also be 
where uh, we come from as a, as, a, as a people, as a species. So that's, you know, creation of the Big Bang. If you have a society rooted around one or the other, you are inherently sort of setting a flag in the ground based on whether or not you believe in sort of a divine purpose for your existence or whether or not you sort of believe that we're an accident and we're just here and we're making the best of it. Those are two very different founding uh, origin stories for ourselves. Um, now, kind of going back to Thomas Jefferson and Leia, for a shared story, it would be really, really nice if 75% of the country knew who Thomas Jefferson like really was, like knew about his life, knew what was in the Declaration of Independence, could could all kind of recite their their Bill of Rights um, and parts of the Constitution. But we don't live in that world. Uh, and I would settle for 75% of people knowing that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. That is also valuable. And I, I'm not kidding. Like, it really, really is because it is a common mythology. It's a bedtime story. It is a moral tale that most people know. Son, don't go to the dark side. Da, 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 da. Oh, you know, anger is the path to the dark side. Like, they're, they're quips, they're jokes, they're things people say as asides. But like, Star Wars gave us this thing that we all kind of have a basic cultural competency with. And it's a great story. We all love Star Wars if you're listening to Beltway Banthas. I learned a lot from Star Wars as a kid. You've heard me now talking about it for five years, how it has shaped my sense of self, my morality, my parenting style, my politics. These things stick with you. Do or do not. There is no try. Your focus determines your reality. Once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. They stick with you. But as an adult, I have learned even more about Star Wars, all the stuff that we've been talking about, the dorky political science stuff. You start to pick up on it. You sit down, you watch the Star Wars prequels, episodes one, two, and three, and you know what they're about. All of you know what it's about. It's about a dysfunctional republic and its slide into dictatorship. The whole arc of the trilogy is about a republic, a lot like ours, mired in endless wars, bureaucracy, corruption, and self-dealing, and expanding executive authority during said war, and all of it leads down the road to one-man rule as a solution to chaos and disorder created by the Clone Wars, by the bad guys, for the purpose of consolidating power. It is the Roman Empire story, but in space, this is not a newsflash to any of you. But the thing that I just have been beating the drum on here for particularly the past two years and really, really the last year is that the thing that is more important when people ask you, what are the politics of Star Wars? It is not about the Republic falling apart. It's not about the Republic. And it's not about the historical context in which the movies were born. If the movies are just about George Lucas's commentary on the Nixon administration uh, and then the George W. Bush era and the war on terror, then they're limited in scale. They're limited in what they can be applied to. It's not what it's about. It's about Darth Vader. It is about a boy named Anakin Skywalker who had good ideas about how things could work, how things could be better, but he had no sense of boundaries over what mechanisms you could pull in order to get those things. The Republic is a backdrop. People are surprised when I say this, but I say it all the time, particularly when I'm giving you know public appearances or talks or whatever. 
is that the, the Star Wars prequels 1, 2, and 3, they never made a good defense of democracy at all. Palpatine wasn't wrong when he was saying that the, the Republic was full of squabbling bureaucrats, all sort of self-dealing and corrupt. It's all true. It's like why George Lucas gave us again the separatist movement and the Clone Wars particularly, like sort of as a sympathetic movement, like they literally were disenfranchised and not represented by the Republic. They weren't making it up and they weren't separatists for fun. They really had good cause against the Republic being a, a just representative form of government. George Lucas has said all of this and he has also channeled his frustrations with democracy into his character, Anakin Skywalker. He said in 1999 in an interview that his ideal form of government was that of benevolent despotism. And that's not because George Lucas is a bad person. It's just because George Lucas, George Lucas is a person. I too would prefer benevolent despotism. I would like to be the benevolent despot, but I can't be. I know that I'm not. I'm not that person. Uh, and nobody else is either. It's a, it's a pipe dream. It's a fantasy, but it's like a timeless fantasy that people will never stop having. There is no benevolent despot. There's never going to be that one all-knowing person who can truly balance the interests of all against all. There's never been in history, and I'm going to plant the flag. There never will be. Um, it would be nice again because things will get done. We wouldn't have one crisis after another. We would probably have a better tax code. We would probably have a more fair social media environment. We would probably have no poverty uh, and great wealth disparity because you'd have this one person who can just like manage all the proper interests and be just. And Anakin Skywalker was wired to think like this. Most people are. Your kids might think like this. Your neighbors might think like this. Your friends and your classmates, they all have like this one tendency, which is that what Anakin says to Padme on Naboo, when she says people don't always agree, well, then they should be made to. Who's going to make them? You? No, not me. Someone wise. Sounds an awful lot like a dictatorship to me. <laughs> well, if it works. There are a lot of people who think like that. On my worst days, sometimes I think like that. You know this. Think about your country. Think about your friends, your family, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, people around you. How certain are you that when the chips are down, they really love democracy or this concept of self-government and self-rule, right? How certain are you? Because democracy sucks. What we do here is ugly. It is unsatisfying. You never get what you want. It's a roller coaster remotion, and power is changing hands regularly. And what we do here is nuts, but it's beautiful because we know what the alternative is. We paid attention. If you listen to Beltway Banthas, you're one of the people. We paid attention in history class. We know that the world is not made and ruled and governed and populated by angels. Star Wars was speaking to this. The lightsaber battles are cool, but liberty versus control is the heart of this story. I used to be very confident that 80% of people, most people, four out of five of my neighbors at any given time, anywhere I'd live, were lovers of democracy, that they just were like, yeah, like we live in America, democracy's great, wave the flag. But you've had... 
yourself. You've seen things in the past couple of years, probably just the past two years, that have shown you that that's not true. Okay, for me, COVID-19, I don't need to recap for you everything that we saw, but I will summarize by saying that I am no longer certain that 80% of people support self-rule and self-government at all times. Not after we saw how the media praised and loved on the China response, the totalitarian methods of Australia, Canada, China to a pandemic, a virus, where there was never any hope of having sort of a COVID zero response. It was never possible. I also saw the, the insurrection at the Capitol. I, again, like there's a podcast episode for this. We did a response here on this show. I was watching that too, okay? And these are the people who you know, beat the drum the hardest about liberty and their government and USA and rah, 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 rah. But, you know, it turns out that when some people don't get what they want, they'll burn things down. They'll burn down buildings. They'll say elections were stolen and they don't care because the ends justify the means and they don't want to play this game anymore. They don't want to play power trading hands and trying to win the next election and doing better. Most people are fine with the status quo of our system as long as it is working for them, as long as they feel safe, as long as no one ever dies who shouldn't have died, as long as there's no disorder, social unrest, stays at a minimum. Again, you have some people who, you know, people are getting a cough and people are going to be getting sick. So, you know, we need to at gunpoint make sure that everybody is staying in their house and not going to the beach. And then you have these other people who's like, oh, there's a protest, shoot them. You've seen all of that in the past couple of years. Free speech for me, but not for thee. Freedom, democracy, liberty, people like it when they're winning. If they're not winning, you know what they do the stuff that we just talked about, the stuff that you know, they'll build Death Stars to force unity and compliance at gunpoint. There are different days. Most all of you know that our system, when you think about it at its best, at its most history textbook sort of way, this is why it was designed the way that it is. Checks and balances, hurdles and divided power, nothing ever coming easy because this country is sort of meant to be painfully slow, because our founders sort of had that same suspicion about the decline of Rome. They had that same sort of suspicion about colonial era France and Britain, and that you just wanted to do everything you could to cool the passions of people and to sort of force negotiation and force compromise in the system, which, again, makes things move really slowly and it frustrates people. But you just can't assume that your neighbors just naturally love American Republican form of government. Most of your neighbors are like Anakin Skywalker. It's true. Most of them are. They like what's going on. They think freedom is great. Okay. As long as it is working. The best thing that I think can be said to what Star Wars It's like all about. It's the fall of Anakin Skywalker. It's the rise of Darth Vader. And if you think about where we get the first real warning of like what's coming, it's when Anakin 
is picked up by Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan to leave Tatooine and go train as a Jedi. He's nine years old. He's too old to technically be a Jedi. He's attached to his mother. He's attached to his place of birth. And he's leaving, and he turns to his mom, Shmi, Skywalker, and he says that, I don't want things to change. Shmi says to him, but you can't stop the change any more than you can stop the sun from setting. Don't look back, is what she tells him later. Well, what does he do? Anakin looks back the rest of his life, because <laughs> he can't let go. He cannot let go of things happening that he doesn't get a say in. And my question to you has always been on this show, can you, can you let go? Can you embrace spontaneity, social change, new technologies, upheaval in things, and disruption without searching for a political tool to take things back to a quote-unquote good old days? Can you tolerate the outcomes of democracy when things are not going the way that you like? Every time you lose does not mean that there's a democratic crisis. It just means that you haven't done the work or you're in the minority and your view is wrong <laughs> and that your view is very unpopular and you need to do the changing, you know, the hard work of changing minds. Can you accept a system where we have some laws that are active in some states and some laws that are not active in other states? Can you accept us living differently across zip codes and different communities? Liberty demands that we try. Freedom demands that we try. We're not going to have self-government and a republic and a democracy unless you can allow for that to happen. This is what Star Wars was always about. It's the challenge faced by Anakin Skywalker as a boy, as a Jedi, and he fails in this challenge. Luke Skywalker, he's faced with the same challenge on Dagobah when he has visions of his friends dying in Cloud City. And he's warned by Obi-Wan and Yoda to not indulge, that the future can always change, the future is always in motion. And Luke goes anyways, because he, he just can't let it be. He doesn't change anything. Things were already going to go the way they were, and all he does is lose a hand. <laughs> you know, he just makes things, makes things worse, and he learns before he was really probably ready that Darth Vader is his father, and yada, yada, yada. But he eventually, like, he, he does overcome this. He does learn to let things go, that you can't control every outcome and eventuality. Sometimes things just are the way they are. This is Star Wars. The politics of Star Wars is just so stinking, stinking mundane when you try to boil it down to the Phantom Menace and, you know, a, a manufactured crisis and, you know, clone troops and Order 66 and all this stuff. Like, politics is about the stuff that goes on on the inside. Politics is about the realm of the personal. And what happens with Anakin Skywalker... That's the politics of Star Wars. It's control. It's letting things go. I'm fired up, y'all. It's because I love Beltway Banthas. I love you. And this has been fun. Um, I'm ready for a new chapter. I, I want to I wanna talk about more things. I kind of want to expand a little bit the kind of the scope of what we've done here for so long. I've been reading more, like I've been a Star Wars junkie, kind of monogamous my whole life. Like it's all that I consume. 
and it's still mostly that way, but there are other stories that I want to talk about that are healthy, that make people live better lives, that make people smarter and, and, you know, more Zen and all that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's what I want to try to do next. I'm really thinking about like how I want to do that, but it's going to happen at this is the way dot substack.com. I really hope you've enjoyed Beltway Banthas. My God, what a cool experience this has been. Thank you to Tierso. Thank you to Suara. Thank you to Brittany. Thank you to Joe at RetroZap. There's so many people to thank who made this thing like stupidly successful and changed my life, gave me a career being the person who I always wanted to be. I'm still, I mean, I'm not there yet, but like, I feel like I'm on the path now. And that is because of Beltway Banthas. It's because of you. So like, I'm I'm not turning my back on this. It's just, you sort of reach a point where, you reach a point where you have to close a chapter to allow a new thing to end. And this, it just has to close. But I'm feeling like really excited about this is the way. And I'm not sure what the podcast would be called that's associated with it. I want it to maybe be a weekly. I want it to be short form. I kind of liked, again, what we were doing at the at the last sort of season of this show, the last five, six episodes, sort of short meditations. I've really enjoyed that. So I think it will probably be on that direction. But I want to know what you would like me to do because I really, really care. So again, this is the way.substack.com and comment. It's free for a subscription. You can pay if you want, but I understand why you might not want to. It's it's fine. Just subscribe, keep in touch, and just keep an eye on what's going on, because if there's another book, another How the Force Can Fix the World, you know, something else, it's going to be announced and sort of rolled out on there. I've been Stephen Kent. You've been listening to Beltway Banthas since 2016. The Force will be with you, always.